The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. to be three and zero right now it's you know there's not it's really cool to do it after a thursday night game there's not many times in the nfl where you get to enjoy a win more than just that night so um it's always cool when you win on thursdays i told the guys if they want to win and have a weekend off you know we got to earn it and um those guys did and now you can sit back and relax a little bit kind of enjoy um how these last three weeks have gone and be ready to go on monday um i thought he settled down throughout it as the game went and ended up playing good enough for us to win definitely it wasn't his best game but um I think Brock played well. I mean, he definitely wasn't perfect. Missed a couple throws, um, but he also made a couple plays that I didn't think were there. Um, so I was, I was definitely happy with him. Well, that was Kyle Shanahan after last night's game. Kelsey Nicole Nelson, welcome to Ladies First Friday. Thank you, on Matt. So good to be back with my BFA family. I miss you all. And what a good Friday to be back, like you said, after a great Thursday night game. Well, great for some. <laughs> well, let's see. I'm an Eagles fan, <laughs> and you're a Commanders fan. So let's decide. So I cover Commanders. So wait, wait, wait. Ravens yeah, fan. You're not a Commanders fan. in trouble. I cover oh, and work for the Commanders. I'm a Maryland girl. I'm a Ravens fan. fan. Okay, fine. So who are you a fan of? <laughs> not a fan of anyone? Baltimore through and through. The Ravens. They have my. So, so I'm looking forward woo, to this whole matchup. And covering the Commanders. <laughs> mm. It's all wild. love between DC. It is. Come on, DC and Baltimore. Look, an hour away from each other. Net. <laughs> Don't cause me any trouble here in Maryland or DC. But you know, I've enjoyed covering the Commanders, especially now, Nat, that they're somewhat, for the most part, drama free. <laughs> so that's been fun, and it's a lot closer for me to get to DC than Baltimore. So it's a complicated relationship we have here with uh, DC and Baltimore. Okay, well, let me say it from this perspective then. As someone who covers <laughs> the commanders. There we go. There we I go. am an Eagles fan. <laughs> you tell me, was last night's game good for either one of these teams? Oh my gosh! Well, I'm, I'm gonna be—I'm gonna be honest with you. Nobody's really talking about this Thursday night football game, right? I mean, let's just be honest. That it's not the top of headlines anywhere. Why? Because okay, <laughs> we knew that they're from—we all knew the San Francisco 49ers were going to win this game. I mean, we know that the New York football giants, they've been struggling. I mean, it's not been good for this team. Folks questioning uh, if Daniel Jones should have secured that bag um, in the offseason. What was it? They, they ran the ball 11 times for 25 yards. It seemed like San Francisco, they could do nothing but eat after the catch, continuing to get yards. So all in all, Matt, I was out last night in D.C. walking past sports bars, and people were, were looking for anything else, really, but this game. I felt like they didn't think... It was interesting enough, but, you know, congrats oh, to the yeah. 49ers. I don't want to take anything away, but the New York football giants, I think, are continuing to show us who they are. And I'm really, I'm really worried about them. I'm really hitting the panic button. 
Are you? I mean, I like to see their demise and failure, which I know is crazy. <laughs> true Eagles fan. <laughs> true Eagles fan, but also as a New Yorker, people just really, um, the people in my life are mostly Giants fans. And it's just like, they it, they just hate it. The fact that I despise this team, but I do. And I have always despised them. So um, yeah, so I, I, I take pleasure in them losing for sure. Um, I don't take a lot of pleasure in the 49ers going up 3-0, though. I mean, I get yeah. it. They play before everyone else. But um, they just, you know, I have a complicated relationship with the 49ers, too. Because growing up, I was a huge Jerry Rice fan. Loved him. Of Probably course, my favorite yes. player still to this day. Um, yeah. But as everyone knows, I cover the Warriors. I'm also a fan of the Warriors. And so a lot of the yeah. people who follow me are um, Bay Area folks, right? And so our football loves collide because obviously I'm an Eagles fan and, and they are right. the 49ers. And they talked a lot. They talked a lot after we lost. Uh, I mean, they lost, I'm sorry, in the <laughs> NFC Championship. And, um, you know, all the, they would have won if they had Brock Purdy. And, like, I get it. I, I will acknowledge that the game would have been different. I, of course, don't think they still would have won. But we can't say that for certain. So, anyway. Um, so, I don't love it because they're all, like, you know. You know, it's <laughs> I, just, I have a complicated relationship because so many people I love support the team. And I want to be excited for them. But I, I think I align a little bit here with Michael Holly, where I'm a little, like, okay. I'm kind of, Tired of hearing about the 49ers. Tired Ooh. of all the Brock Purdy hype. I saw your you feet. Tired of Brock Purdy, Matt. I'm yeah, like, he just came to us. Him. He was it's a not Brock guest. Purdy. Not Brock <laughs> Purdy. It's, all, it's the way all of you people talk about him. You know, like he's the second coming of Jesus. And you know, like <laughs> I, but I found, I found. um I found Kyle Shanahan's comments interesting because, like, you know, he sort of starts off and he's like, well, he's good enough for us to win, which doesn't really sound right. that complimentary. But then he goes on and he's just like, well, he was great. And he was, I mean, like, he had yeah. 300, 310 passing yards. Like, that's yeah. excellent. His it was career, good. Yeah. But I feel like, Matt, you do have to look at he was 25 of 37. So that's why I feel like you always have to read into the stats. And I think what he was saying was the accuracy wasn't there the whole time. So yes, they won. But again, they were playing a Giants defense, right? That just had their first sack of the season, I believe, in this game. Matt. I mean, they, like, finally, this defense has come what somewhat to life. But all in all, you know, I think Brock Purdy, there it is. I mean, again, he had a decent game, a good game. But again, not against the best team. But I am a, I am a fan of this man. Let's be honest. We love, we love a comeback kid. We love a guy who's defied the odds. That's why we love Brock Purdy, who continues... Who continues, man? I see the eye roll of it. He continues, I mean, to, to break, make history and break records. I mean, he keeps winning. I mean, the man just keeps okay, winning. See, this is my problem with hyping him up in this way. But this is my problem hyping him up in this way, right? Because yeah. it's like, for one, I feel like, and maybe this is just my own sort of like Jalen Hurts thing, but I feel like there's a lot of hyping up of him um Brock Purdy and it's like okay let's acknowledge his offensive weapons you know what I'm saying like let's yeah, not even get to what the 49ers have on defense okay like welcome back Debo yeah. and he didn't even yeah. he didn't even go crazy because they have so many other offensive weapons, weapons on the team yeah. right so it's like relax you know it's sort of hard. <laughs> it's sort of hard to be bad when you have that kind of team you'd have to be abysmal I, and I get it to the the Trey Lance haters. They might be like, <laughs> you know, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> yeah, he's good. Let's see. I'm over Michael Smith with his like, this reminds me of early like Tom Brady, like stop it. I don't want to hear it. The Tom Brady like, comparison. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. They do what they were supposed to do. give a little bit of love though, bro. I mean, I, I just do have to say though, I agree uh, with you. But let's, but just let's keep it balanced. Weapons, gotta utilize them, right? And he's, he's found a way. And yes, Debo, is amazing, right? This we have tweet annoys me. Yards. This but... <laughs> tweet annoys me. This annoys me. You know, the only game he's lost is when he had a torn, you know, tore his UCL. It's true. When he was it injured. Was, they were still losing. Injured. I don't give a damn. <laughs> they were still going to lose, okay? You were not beating my Eagles. You were not beating Jalen Hurts, okay? That is showing her player. true feeling. Brock Purdy's fan club is going gonna, gonna to come for you. The whole fan club is going to come for you. I need this matchup. <laughs> I need this to be the NFC championship again this year so we can just settle all freaking debates because it annoys me 
And so I'm taking it out of Brock Purdy. He does not deserve it. Like he's a good young player. Who knows what he'll become? Yes, he's been playing. We don't know he's his been playing yet. He's been playing very well. Yes, blah, 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 blah. And their team is stacked. Okay. Yeah, they are, but I mean, nah, I just have to say, before we end Brock Purdy, he does have eight straight regular season wins. That is not easy him. to do. He has a very talented so, team around him. <laughs> no, I'm looking up and saying, look, he can, throw, he, can, he can throw the rock. And I, I'm, I'm impressed, though. This was somebody I'm still like, okay. Like, it's kind of kind of about Sam Howell right now. Like, I think there's something special there, but I have to be convinced. I think Brock Purdy has put me to the point of conviction where now I'm like, okay, this man can play football. This man can lead a team. And I mean, let's be honest, who's doubting the San Francisco 49ers under him? If he does get hurt again, then you probably, right, will have some doubt. I mean, like when Sam Darnold had to come in. I mean, but all in all to say, they are a good team with Brock Purdy. I'm not going to say he's a great quarterback, but right now I feel more confident with Brock Purdy than some of these other NFL quarterbacks that, that we've been seeing now through three weeks of football. For sure, for sure. All I'm saying is that, come on, look at what, like <laughs> he has the best, first of all, he has the best, he has Bosa, that's on defense, who may be, yes. Nick Bosa may be, like, he's considered one of the best players in the NFL, okay? Well, Kittle, right? Christian McCaffrey, he has, he scored a touchdown in every game they've played since December yes. 4th of 2022. Unfair. Debo, like, come on, like, look at what he has, <laughs> like, again, let's just, just, just keep in perspective what he's doing. He is great. He is great. But also he has a lot of weapons. So let's see <laughs> when he goes. They, right now they're doing what they're supposed to do. And you know what? Great teams, great teams beat the teams they're supposed to. So good job. But let's see what happens okay. when they like get a better team. Right? Yes, let's see what I agree with you. The Eagles again. That's all that's all I'm saying I'm not trying to disrespect them because I actually don't dislike the 49ers but I just yeah. the hype is a little bit much for me at times that's all I'm saying that's all so we'll never that's see all. you in San Francisco 49ers gear essentially is what you're saying it's hard because Jerry Rice is my guy you know what I'm saying so I don't have a problem rooting for them except when it's like versus the Eagles like I don't hate them in that way like the way I despise the Giants but mm -hmm. Yeah, nah, 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 nah. I just didn't like all the talk <laughs> last season. It was annoying me. Anyway, um, look, and the Giants, look, it cannot go without mentioning the Giants were without, right? They were with they were without Saquon yes, Barkley. Right. Yeah. And it was a big deal not having him. I still don't think they were gonna win, to be honest, because I ain't so impressed with them, you know, beating Arizona, like being down the way they were and then coming back on Arizona. That's more of an indictment. I don't know who it's more yeah. of an indictment of, but like I don't think the Giants are that good. So I don't they're care not. about their They're yeah, not. I don't now. care about they're, their They're, they're embarrassing story. a bit right now. I mean, if you look at this Giants team, like you said, I mean, I don't care if Saquon wasn't there. 150 yards of offense, unacceptable, folks. Unacceptable. So don't give me the no Saquon was there. Yes, I know that impacts your running game. And Daniel let's Jones honest, had like Daniel no Jones. time in the pocket. Like he exactly, had the no pressure. time in the pocket. The offensive line, my gosh. I mean, pray for Daniel Jones, folks. Send every prayer up that you can this football season if you want him to remain intact. You're yeah, completely right, but also sure. these receivers weren't, weren't helping him. You got to catch the football, no. right? You can't have all these drop passes and things like that. So all in all, I know folks are going to put on Daniel Jones back, but right now, again, the Giants... They look suspect. And this was a Giants team that, you know, you talk about the NFC East that was supposed to be up top. It was supposed to be, you know, literally everybody had everybody above the commanders right now. And you look at the record right now, and now the Giants are on the bottom. So all in all to say, I think this Giants team, they better get something together quick, especially on that offensive side of the football, or it's going to be a real ugly season for New York football. I mean, and honestly, both teams. Defense wasn't yeah, helping defense either. Look how, many third, look how many third downs they let the 49ers convert. I mean, they're just, they're not good. They're not very yeah. good. Um, but you know what? I, I want to stay with Saquon because, like, it's unfortunate that yeah. he is out, right? And I saw, like, I think one of the, the headlines we had up, but it was, like, about him trying to rush to get back, right? He oh. want, he want, He's rushing to try to get back to play. And then it was, like, should he? And, like, that makes me think, you know, it, it actually makes me, because we know all athletes, especially competitors, they, they always want to get back. They want to help their team. And we of know course, that, right? right? But you have to imagine that part of the reason, yeah, there it is, part of the reason 
part of it, why he wants to get back is also the contract situation there. And it's yeah, not just money. him, but it's yeah. running backs, right? Like they get injured and if they don't play enough games, they don't get to do what they have to do, then it's used against them, right? And like, to right. me, like you should be concerned or there's a little reason to be concerned because it's a high ankle sprain, which also was revealed last night. Cause they kept saying it was a regular ankle sprain. They're right. saying that's a mild ankle sprain. I don't know how you have a, a mild high ankle sprain. I don't know how you have a mild high ankle sprain. They're pretty bad. Right. And the last time he had a high ankle sprain, I think he had to miss three games. And then when he came back, he just never really looked like himself again. So you want to take the time for him to get back, but he's going to want to get back one because he just wants to compete. But two, it's like he doesn't have the security because he doesn't have the proper contract that he needs, right? And he's Mm -hmm. out. (laughs) We've lost Nick Chubb for the season, right? Um, Dobbins went out earlier. Right, J.K. Dobbins, yeah. It's, it's. You know, this just brings Austin back Eckler, up. It's just highlighting the need for the conversation that's been happening. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Right, with running backs. I'm so glad you said that because a lot of the unfortunate injuries that we've seen this season have been to the running back position. And that, you know, we had a huge conversation this offseason, right, when the running backs were trying to get paid their money by these teams. And I think all in all, the NFL has really devalued running backs. I mean, that's why they're fighting so hard to get paid. You know, I was just looking at a stat. I think the average pay for running backs right now in the National Football League is about $1.8 million. And when you look at who they're higher than, it's long snappers and fullbacks. So just think about that. The running back's average salary is right above those two positions. And I'm not saying that's not important, especially I love a good fullback. So important. I think they need to bring back that importance in football. But you think about a long snapper, obviously important, but a running back, I mean, so much of us, so many fans, so many reporters, what do we say all the time, you know, when a football team needs to get momentum or get yardage, run the football, right? And you think about a running back's importance also, you know, in blocking and helping a quarterback with that passing game and so on and so on. So it's just a shame, you know, and I get what people are going to say. Well, Kelsey, running backs get injured. Look what's happening now, you know, their bodies. Um, but all in all to say, you know, Saquon has been so special for so long. And obviously you hate you hate that the injury bug has plagued him because we know how great he can be. But I also know the great comeback story that it seems like Saquon will have. Like you said, he's probably going to miss about three games now this week with the high ankle sprain, something he's not immune to because he had to miss the same amount, amount of games before when he had this injury. But I think all in all, I, I think the NFL brothers just have to get behind the running backs and try to just make sure that these brothers get paid, Matt, because they deserve it. You know, I'm old enough to remember one of my all-time favorite plays in football, you know, was from Ray Rice. Hey, did a little Ray Rice up the middle, you know, fourth and 29. Um, and, you know, you think about how that helped to change, you know, the trajectory of that game. So all in all to say, pay the running backs. All right. That's the, all the owners out there. Pay your running backs, and I think good things will happen to you. But I think the biggest thing right now, not hurting running backs right now, is that we see so many committees of running backs, meaning that they're not just relying on one guy anymore, right? Because you have other guys that can step in at any moment's notice. And that's what we're seeing a lot of teams do. You mentioned J.K. Dobbins. Well, what does the Ravens do? Now they're utilizing a committee of running backs, right, in Baltimore. They are. Step up for that. But it's not just about about their value to the team, right? It's about job security, right? Yeah. You know, and it's not. When we get sick, <laughs> we don't. Yeah. We shouldn't have to be fearing like about our jobs and unguaranteed money and all of this kind of stuff, you know. And then the NFL has the audacity to sue 
you know, <laughs> and the NFLPA, you know, and look, I don't know that will play out. That will play out. You know, allegedly they're claiming that, yeah. you know, they were telling the players, you know, to fake injury or exaggerate, them, you know, whatever the case yeah. may be. And I just got to say, like, I mean, one, I don't know if that's true, but two, like, right. can you blame them? I'm not surprised, <laughs> you know, yeah. and like all the collusion that the NFL y'all be doing, I don't want to hear, <laughs> I don't want to hear about these running back conspiracy theories. I really don't. I sort of rolled my eyes at them. Um, yeah. You know. They're trying to give a reason to be cheap. They're trying to give a reason to be cheap in one area, and it does not need to be again against. I mean, you think about running backs. Think about how much they. All, I mean, think about the grounding and pounding. These are the guys that probably offer their body the most in the game. When you think about it, right? How they have to run yeah. through these tight holes. You know, the body. Yeah. Like, think about Which someone like Derrick Henry. The body and wearing down. Right. But it's also one of the best parts of the game, you know? So I think all in all, like, I, I really do hope, you know, I, I stand with my running back brothers and that whatever fists I need to put up or, or whatever we need to do to help them <laughs> in their cause, let's do it because they they so deserve, they so deserve yeah. so much more than they're getting right now. They they just truly do. Yeah, like no, sure. I think that really understands, you know, how much they're going to miss you know, Nick Chubb, because he talked about it. I mean, that's a team that likes to run the football, Matt. I mean, that's the AFC North, running the football. And now you know yeah, you lose somebody yeah. who obviously has ran it so well. So, oh, yeah, Giants, get it together. Saquon, we wish the best for you in the future. And, you know, I honestly am looking forward to him getting back on the football field because yeah. the Giants need any sort of miracle <laughs> this season to help. The Giants are a lost <laughs> cause. And even if they're not, I'm going to continue to hate on them. But, you know, there were some other big injury news that came down yesterday. Yeah. Um, and that's the Cowboys, Trevon Ziggs, yeah. ACL, and... Wow. I didn't expect to hear that. You know, it was so crazy because the news sort of dropped almost like right after our show ended. And we had Ashley mm. Nicole Moss on here and, you know, she's a huge Cowboys fan. So she was yeah. talking about her Cowboys and there's just so oh. much excitement around them for the season. And um, yeah. And then he went ahead and he got injured. And so it's yeah. awful in practice, no less. Right. It's like, you know, so I mean, look, says, yeah. I, I love black people. This is God's plan. I will be back and better. Like, it's just such a black person thing. To say. <laughs> it is. It is really no, is. And it's true, but it's just like the whole stuff. And he will be back. He will be back. But it's, it's really yeah. unfortunate. It's unfortunate for him. And you know why it's unfortunate? I don't even want to say that. Okay, no, it's unfortunate just because I don't ever want to see any player get hurt. So let me of just course. make that clear. Okay. But it's also unfortunate because of the kind of season Dallas is having. And I know people are always tired yeah. of hearing about them boys. I know people are always <laughs> tired of hearing about the Cowboys and that they're going to win the Super Bowl and blah, 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 blah. But they they probably legitimately have a chance this year. And it pains me With to say that. It pains yeah. me to say that they may have a chance. It's one of the things I said like in my feed today because it's like, I don't like admitting that they... <laughs> are a good team I don't I don't like admitting it but they are and yeah. so it's so unfortunate because yeah. you know he might miss out on something spectacular so That's for that reason yeah. alone I hope that they don't win because I need my eagles to win so you know because you <laughs> want to be a part of it when and if they when and they do win so oh my um, gosh. Yeah. but I don't think the Cowboys honestly because the way this team is Kelsey I don't it's, I, I don't want to make it seem like you're not going to miss a player like him, but you look at the right. betting odds, and they haven't even shifted. Like, you know, they, they they're, are, they're they that good so this good year. Yeah. That I don't know how much it's going to impact them losing him. What do you think? You know, let me let me put this disclaimer out. So folks in Washington, do not come for me, okay? I'm a journalist. I got to look up this objectively. So I am going to give all the, the Cowboys all the praise that they deserve. <laughs> I mean, especially you talk about the defense, allowing 10 points over a 2-0 start outscoring opponents 70 to 10 folks. I mean, like you can't make this stuff up. This is something special, you know, that we're seeing. And, you know, I think this Trayvon Diggs news hurt even more in my neck of the woods net because he's a, he's a local guy, you know, from, from Gaithersburg, Maryland, um, you know, and so many have watched him, you know, get to the point that he's gotten to in the national football league, all in all, but all that to say, you know, I think, like you said, this, this Dallas Cowboys defense has been special. I mean, let's talk about the guy that everyone's talking about. Michael Parsons and what he's been able to do. I mean, his technique and skill, if you really watch him, I mean, he's getting to the quarterback. I mean, offensive lines just don't know what to do with him, Matt. I mean, he, he's beating them out the punch. He's finding holes. He's finding gaps. And all in all, yes. And I loved what he said, you know, I'm, I am my brother's keeper. And I thought that was so special. Like, we got you. We're going to hold up. 
you know, what we've been doing. And Trayvon has been part of something special. We're talking about someone who in 2021 led the NFL in interceptions, you know, so you think about takeaways and how important those are, right, to win games. So I think, yes, he is a loss. Obviously, everybody wishing him a very speedy recovery. You hate to see things like this. But Dallas is going to be okay, folks. And right now, Dallas looking like the best team in the NFL. I just have to say it, Nat. You said it. So all in all, we'll watch out for them, boys. They're looking they very good against some pretty mid-teams. <laughs> Let's not go too far. It's so but early. Yes, yes. It's so early. But Dallas, I will give you props. They're looking good, Nat. I mean, just say that you have to prepare for Dallas in that defense. Yeah, <laughs> and yes, that, the interceptions. We're not talking about it, Nat. That's a win in itself. <laughs> yeah, he shut that down the other day, too, in his presser. He don't want to hear about that no more. So He don't want to hear him. about the interception. <laughs> All right, we'll be back to talk some WNBA playoffs. Let's get into it. Yes, yes, yes. The WNBA playoff semifinals are now set. And the top four seeds have advanced, and I am looking forward to them kicking off this weekend. We have the Aces versus the Wings, and we also have the Sun versus the Liberty. It is going to be so great, and you know we had to bring Tarika Foster-Brasby on today to talk with us about this because of her spectacular expertise in the WNBA, and specifically the Connecticut Sun, who constantly, constantly make their way at a minimum to the semifinals. What is it, like eight eight times now? I uh, five, five straight. Five, five straight. straight. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm giving them more because it will be eight, but five straight times? You're manifesting times? it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's impressive. You've been covering this team for a while, Tarika. So, I mean, they're back there. They're To me, they're just such, such a standard bearer of consistency, right? Oh, um, and so... What does it mean, though, for this team to get back there again? You know, they lost a former MVP in John Quayle Jones, uh-huh. right? Fallen for the Liberty. We'll get uh-huh. to them in a second. And, you know, Courtney is, you know, is was with the Sky now. And so what does it mean for them to, like, do this? We know Alyssa Thomas. We know she's incredible. We know... Yeah. We know that we'll talk about her too. And we know that she's your MVP candidate. You you reveal that on here. So I don't think I'm revealing anything that people don't know. But like, I don't think, I think there are some who did not think Connecticut would be as good as it was still this year. And Alyssa Thomas and Dewana Bonner, they got it done. Um, yes. They have an incredible staff. They had a potential sixth um, person of the year candidate, player of the year, who, who I know you know, didn't didn't actually get it, but you thought could have. And so talk to us about covering the sun and what it means for them to be here. Yeah, you know, this team is the definition of next man up, right? It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter who's on the squad. They have the experience from a standpoint of, you know, having to deal with a major player and a major piece missing. They have the experience of having done that over the last three seasons. In 2020, um, they didn't have John Cole Jones. In 2021, they didn't have Alyssa Thomas for majority of the season. Then last year, they didn't have Jasmine Thomas for majority of the season. And then this year, unfortunately, they lost Brianna Jones before the season even really began. So, They were already climbing an uphill battle, um, but it was a battle that they had experience in dealing with. And then, you know, bringing in a new head coach is Stephanie White, who eventually went on to win coach of the year. She was able to implement her style of basketball, which coincidentally played well into Alyssa Thomas's style of basketball. So this really is a completely different team um, when you think of it in that way. The, the offense that they run is different. The roster looks different. Tiffany Hayes is there now. You know, Rebecca Allen is there now. DeJanae Carrington had a, a much larger role given the absence of Brianna Jones. And then the way that we're starting to see Olivia Nelson-Adota um, become a more aggressive and physical player here in these last few weeks. And I can't, you know, forget about Ty Harris, who's coming off the bench, dropping 18. Like this is a team that believes that they can get it done. And so, um, yes, coming into this season, there weren't many people who thought that they would end up being um, a three seed. There weren't many people who even thought that they would end up being in the semifinals, but here we are. (laughs) Yeah. So it, you know, they just, um, they're one of the teams like we, we finished the first round but they were the only matchup that went three games right mm. so 
I don't want to disrespect the mystics, but they came in there and did what they had to do. <laughs> Navisa came in there and did what she had to do <laughs> to get them back to a game three. Now it did end up being a blowout and I expected the sun to go in and win, but um, do you think at all that speaks to do you think it says anything about the team? I guess is what I'm saying because they were to me. I yeah. thought they, I thought they were going to handle it in two. They were the only um, series that ended up going three, and now they're yeah. about to go up versus the Liberty, who they haven't Ooh. beaten all season. Yeah. So this is a bit of of history repeating itself, right? When you think about it, because this exact same scenario, and I mean the exact same scenario happened a year ago. So take you back to 2022 when this Connecticut team was the higher seed going into the matchup against the Dallas Wings. Dallas Wings, as you know, this year is a four seed. They've improved, and we'll talk about them in a second. But they were the higher seed going up against the Dallas Wings. We all thought, hey, this should be um, a, a, a clear 2-0 a sweep for Connecticut. And what did they end up doing? They won the first game by 25. They lost the second game by seven and forced a game three to win by 15. Come to 2023. They win the first game against Minnesota by 30. They lose the second game by 10 and they win the third game by 15. I don't know what it is about this team wanting to play with their back against the wall, but for some reason, they like to make things a little bit harder than necessary. And one one thing that I really admire about this team is that Connecticut knows, like they're not they're not idiots. You know what I mean? Like they're not a team that lives in a fantasy world. They know when they have dropped the ball, right? And so it, it was no secret in that locker room that they had an opportunity to close it out in two and they missed that opportunity. And veteran leader, um, Dewana Bonner, she said that. She said, I pulled the team aside. I called the meeting and I said, we missed it. We dropped the ball. We out here playing. Like, and these teams are not coming to play with us. Like we need to play our brand of basketball and we need to do it with a sense of urgency. And that's exactly what you saw in game three in Minnesota. So yes, all the credit to Minnesota for forcing a game three. Um, Nafisa Collier had an MVPS type season. She dropped 31 points in that last game. Um, she really is an amazing player to me to have just had a baby last year and to be able to come back this year and help an 0-6 team. That's how they started the season um, for the Lynx to be able to make it to the first round of the postseason. So all credit to that team. Cheryl Reeve, one of the greatest coaches to ever coach in women's basketball. So greatest coaches, one of the greatest coaches ever. So, I mean, I'm, I, I absolutely respect what Minnesota did and they have a great future ahead of them. Um, they were just too offensively stagnant at times. You never knew who was going to shoot when, like, it was just, it was it was too much inconsistency from an offensive standpoint. But Connecticut needs to handle business. And now, similar to 2022, they are going up against a team that they have not won against all season long. They were 0-4 against the Chicago Sky in 2022, and they ended up winning that series in five to advance to the WNBA Finals. So I think they also use that as a way to say, hey, we've been here before. We've done this before. The regular season is out the window. It's, it's a fresh slate. Playoff basketball is not the same as regular season basketball. And it's right. a very interesting storyline that they're going to play the Liberty because of John Quo Jones, former teammate. Yeah. She's the yeah. anchor of this Connecticut team for years. And so now she's your opponent when it's really on the line. It's going to test the, it's going to test the, the moxie of both these teams. I think. I'm curious. Do you yeah. think, and Kelsey, there's something I want um, you and, um, Tarika to weigh on, but I'm just curious, um, Tarika, do you think it's going to be personal for John Cloud? Do you think JJ mm. is going to have a little vengeance coming <laughs> in? No, I think the first time JJ walked into, I don't think I know because we asked her, the first time that she walked into Connecticut's building as a member of the Liberty, it was emotional. It was, you know, I, I played so much here. I gave so much of my time here. And to be in this building again, but on in an, in an opposing jersey, it feels different, right? But I think those emotions are gone long gone like JJ got love but at the end of the day she trying to win a chip too <laughs> so, right. so so that all I mean you know friendships aside and the relationships that they have aside these women are competitors yeah. and at the end of the day she's trying to win a chip with her new team and so she's going to come out trying to play and and JJ has been balling since the yes. especially 
all-star break. It took her a little minute to get healthy, yeah. took her a little minute to get acclimated to uh, this system of playing with the, with her new teammates. But since the all-star break, she's been going crazy, completely dominated on the boards in that game two against the Washington Mystics. 19 and 14, sis, mm. stop playing with JJ, right? And I know like, and the crazy thing is, is when you think of this Liberty team, Yes, you will see Sabrina who, you know, shot seven threes in that first matchup. Yes, we all know about how amazing Brianna Stewart is and it's why she's one of the MVP candidates. You're not going to sleep on Stewie. But y'all got to put some respect on JJ's name. She yeah, out here absolutely. doing former MVP. She is not to be slept on and she's going to bring it. Yeah, I mean, she was so critical in that game. And I mean, Kelsey, you're 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 yeah. down there. So I know you saw the comments that Natasha <laughs> Cloud had to say before that game too, right? There was all the buzz yeah. around her saying that she was gonna be guarding Sabrina basically the Sabrina, entire yeah. game, right? <laughs> she's like all 40 minutes and she's gonna be on her, but also like she yeah. did. And listen, the Mystics, they didn't get the I mean, I'm sorry, the the um um they didn't get the win. But she had 33 points. That was a career high yes, in points. Career high, her. yeah. Like she balled out. Everybody was, you know, going off. So I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on it? Because Tarika, you when you were on the show before, you said like this could be like a trap. And I think that series as an opening round matchup, right, Kelsey? This is yeah. one of the ones that everyone was watching because we thought if there was going to be an upset, it could have been with this that one. series it didn't end up right. happening but i think something that a lot of people don't know about the WNBA series and this is why it would have been so interesting if washington could have gotten it back because the first two yeah. games are played for the top team so that's why it was like interesting with the sun going back to minnesota right the first two games it's not like one mm -hmm. one one it's two and then one so the 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 home it team the be. better team it should be one 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 yeah, I, I like that better. <laughs> but the, the the home team gets those first two games. So if you don't take care of it at home, then it gets really, really risky. And I yep. mean, I, Washington should have gotten it back there. So what Man, were your we were ready, Matt. Let me yeah. tell you, Washington fans were ready. People were ready to buy their tickets for that game. You know, Big Sticks energy has been the theme here in D.C. And, you know, you talked about it. You know, it was something personal, I think, in that game with Natasha Cloud because of that last regular game when they beat the Liberty, right? And, and waving yeah. the bye-bye to the crowd, you know, people felt a way about that. And Natasha Cloud, one thing I love about her is that she does not back down from her comments. And what do we say? If you can talk that talk, you got to walk the walk. And you talked about it. She did in that game. She was able to hold Sabrina Unescu defensively. It was 11 points. I mean, that was an incredible in itself. And Washington has really prided itself on, on its defense. And, you know, you talk about Natasha Cloud, she had some comments today feeling like she was disregarded for her defensive efforts as a guard if you follow her on Twitter. So, so again, she's not backing down, but this game was worth every minute. You know, I think all of us going into overtime were, were just anxious. Um, you know, Elena Deladon, I think, getting injured in this game, unfortunately, was like deja vu. And, and, you know, just a bad memory for Mystics fans. Because you think about a team that had to play a stretch without three starters this season and then seeing someone like her go down. But, you know, Natasha kept that that team believing, you know. And I remember just, you know, that that turnover she had at the end, you know, where it could have been the Mystics potentially winning that game. You know, Brittany Sykes and what she's been able to continually do for this team. But and then Natasha, just incredible think about it, going season. into a year. Yes, incredible. And then going to a year where she's about to be a free agent, right? And think about money and all these different types of things. So there are so many underlying factors here. But I will tell you, I mean, this this Mystics team, you know, we're so proud of, of what was put forward and the effort. Very hard team to play against. Very hard team to play against. And the Mystics were probably not your typical seven seed. Again, injuries kind of plaguing that season. But all in all, I mean, if that game had got back to D.C., I think we were in for another good one, ladies, because that's how good yeah. – this Mystics team balled out in front of a sellout crowd, right? Celebrities right there. You know, LeBron James was tweeting about Tasha. He put yeah. Tasha all the exclamation points. I mean, she really yeah. had everyone rallying and rooting for her. She single-handedly, I think, kept this team, you know, in that series. So all in all, you know, and Brianna Stewart, yeah. I had to all of a sudden have a good game against the Mystics. You know, she had been struggling. I know. The Mystics yeah, in a regular season. It, so things started to hit at the right time for the what yeah, I think is interesting show. too, to be honest, what I think is interesting though, and 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 you definitely hit on it, Kelsey, um, is your home home court advantage obviously plays plays a role, I think, in most 
you know, in most yeah. scenarios, right? Um, and we talked about this on our show with LaChina and I, that the building and the energy around Barclays in game two was something that, that, that is what yeah. playoff basketball is about. And that is what WNBA playoff basketball is about. It's, it's, it makes it even more comical when you hear and see the trolls on social media that are like, <laughs> oh, this sport and no one watches well the numbers not only say that people are watching but the audience and the engagement in that arena is the prime example that people are watching and when we see the semifinals shift this weekend we are going to see the Michelob Ultra Arena where the Aces play Mm -hmm. is going to be packed out the noise is going to be off the chain I have been in that arena for a semifinals and I have been in that arena for a WNBA finals and those fans are loud they are engaged they pack the place it is going to be the same in Barclays I will be in Barclays on Tuesday for game two so I am looking forward to this environment because that is I mean I mean it is literally mind-blowing how people can still say that this league isn't being supported when you look around at all the celebrities and the stars and the folks that are coming out NBA players I mean game recognized game so you have Mm, so many people that are coming out to support these women in Brooklyn Um, and we'll see it again over the course of this weekend we saw it in Dallas with Grant Williams and Dirk Nowinski that was there watching the wings play you have often seen players like Jalen Brown come to Connecticut to see the the uh, yes. the Sun play. So I mean, home court advantage is a deal. And, and now people always be at the Liberty really, Game. Yes, yes. So Serena doing a little, little yep, celebration. Yeah, <laughs> you're starting. You're starting to see it. You're starting to see it, yeah. and, and you really just love to so see mellow. it. Mellow, yeah, it's special. Yeah. Um, you both mentioned so Kelsey, you brought up Natasha tweeting about defense. <laughs> you brought up the Aces. So there was an announcement. Asia Wilson, my MVP pick, but we don't know about that yet. But she (laughs) she got that DPOY. She is again the defensive player of the year. I think that was to be expected. Um, I don't know because I know I know um, Tarika, you have been kind of revealing your votes as um, they come out. So can you is it are you okay letting us know whether or not you did vote for Asia? Yeah, absolutely. So I voted for Alyssa Thomas for defensive okay. player of the year. Um, and Asia is so deserving. So like, okay. here's the thing. I haven't been, I haven't felt that any player that has won an award this year so far has not like, I like, I don't argue it. Like I, I have, mm-hmm. I have not felt that there has been any announcement that has been egregious. So I can't believe the part, like, no, I'm a voter. I take my vote seriously. I don't take this opportunity lightly. And I also feel like I have no reason to not be transparent about how I voted, simply because for what? One, it's sports. People are either going to agree with you or they're not going to agree with you. And two, only one person can win. Like, it's not a situation where 50 different people can win an award. Only one person can win. So somebody is going to be upset that they didn't win, right? So it's yeah. nothing that we can do about it. But as I've said before, um, I, I absolutely understand why Asia won this award. She's so deserving of it. Um, I voted for Alyssa simply because I only won. She led the league in rebounds. She was top three in scoring. When you think about the Connecticut Sun and how they have centered their whole style of defense, she has absolutely been the anchor of that defense and she's six foot two so for her to be able to do that playing out of position and having coaches and players and teams literally have to prepare for how she's going to be on the defensive end of the ball she's not gonna you know lead the league in blocks or anything like that it's just she's undersized in that way and she knows it but I felt like her impact on the defensive end was so critical to um Connecticut success um but I ain't got no argument for Asia like (laughs) There's nothing that nobody can say to me to convince me that Asia should have won because I agree. Like I get right. it. So, yeah. so it's just like, so it just, it just is what it is. Like, like, like I said, I'll reveal who I voted for, but at the end of the day, I'm not arguing or fighting with anybody okay. who didn't vote the way that I did because I get it. And I, I am not mad at it. Like so deserving. Yeah. Congratulations. Asia. <laughs> really, really quickly, well, Tarika, I wanted to ask you this. Uh-huh. Sorry, that just really quick. I know no, no, no. this is her second year in a row, right? Coming up a second place, essentially, right? For defensive player of the year, which obviously probably has to hurt when I mean, you know you were so close, but obviously I yeah. think she's going to keep balling out because she's a Tarika, you know, so she knows, she knows, how you are. Keep out. 
<laughs> but all in all to say, I think here in Washington, there was a big movement for Brittany Sykes. I just had to ask you quickly, what did you think about her year, you know, leading league in steals? And did you think that she deserved more votes than she garnered um, for that conversation? Um, yeah, so here's the thing that I feel about Slim. And my goodness, I, when I think about top defensive players in this league, I absolutely put her as one of them. Um, I voted for her on my all first team. The first, the first defensive team came out. Um, I yeah. think that Washington this year just kind of had so many ups and downs um, from an injury standpoint that you really have to be in. And, and, and before I even get that far in the combo, I just want to say really quickly to me, when it comes to defense, that is the one category where you cannot just depend on stats. You can't just look at a stat sheet and decide who is going yeah. to be a defensive team or who's going to win defensive player. Of the year. you got to watch these people yeah. play. You have to watch mm -hmm. them play. Um, and so anyone who's ever watched Brittany Sykes play, if you don't think she's a top defender in this league, I don't know what you're watching. I just think that there are other players like Alyssa and like Asia who may have just done a little bit more. That is the reason why they were considered top for these awards. I I, I didn't vote for Benaja. I'm sorry. I didn't vote Jordan Canada on my first team. I had her on my all second team. I had Benaja Laney on my all first team, but I'm not mad that like, right. They're still on the top two. They're still the top eight players in this league defensively. Like, so I'm not going to, you're not going to get an argument out of me about any of it. I think they are all deserving. They all earned it. Um, this, it was just, as we said about MVP this year, the level of play on all ends had increased and elevated to a level that it was so difficult to vote for awards this year. I think the easiest award that I didn't really have much trouble voting for was rookie of the year. I was, it's Leah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Stamp it. Like whatever. <laughs> But every other award and every other category, I wrecked my brain because these women are so good. And it was just unfortunate that somebody was going to be left off or someone was going to be left out. But it really doesn't diminish how well these people play. So, yeah, I saw Tasha's tweets. I ain't mad at her. Like, she is an elite defender. So I ain't mad at her for feeling some type of way. She should feel right. some type of way. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, talking about awards being hard, another one was the 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 MIP race, right? Most improved, and so Satu Sable, she won that award. Uh, I, I wanted to go to her sound, but I want to actually keep talking about these players. So I'll just sort of recap, you know, what she was saying. But you know, she was obviously honored to receive the award, and she just talked about, you know, sort of what it means, and 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 you know, for her, and just you know, everything like her, her career growth. And so she has grown a lot. And one of the interesting sort of conversations around this conversation, I, she would have been my pick too. And Tarika, I saw your tweet where you said you were like back and forth between her and Jordan Canada, because those were sort of like the two candidates, right? I sort of always thought it was Unsatu. And I, I, I thought the framing of some of these arguments were interesting because it seemed to be that there was this argument around Satu that it was like, we always knew she could be this good, but injuries kept her back. So mm. like that sort of was the reason why people, and not saying that Jordan didn't deserve it, but it was like, that's why we think it should be Jordan. Some people, I'm not saying all, but to me, to me, it's just, if you're most improved, you're most improved. It doesn't matter to me, like what the reason was you weren't performing or if we expected you to be this player. And to me, when you did the side by side comparison, while, while both were tremendous and, and, and important to their teams. I, like, I just don't see how you look at this. And I, it's not just the stats here, but between the stats, between what I watched, like to me, it was a no brainer, but I'm not a voter. And you said the decision was very hard for you. It was very hard for me. So I am one who often battles with is a player, it, like there's a difference in a player. And it, I mean, this is just facts. There's a difference in a player who doesn't have stats, which is why I don't always have to look at stats because stats can be deceiving, right? People say numbers never lie. No, they don't lie, but they could be manipulated in a way that will make you think one thing when it really isn't, right? So obviously if a player plays in more games in one year than they play in the year before, statistically things will improve, right? So. Yes, I had to ask myself, like, am I looking at this because Tatu only played 11 games last year? She was injured last year. Is this an improvement because she's just now healthy um, versus a player who 
um, in Jordan, Canada started off the season on a training camp contract, wasn't guaranteed a spot, um, and literally became a focal piece to this team. This team, the 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 LA Sparks suffered a lot of injuries this year. Um, mm-hmm. And they had some players who didn't even suffer an injury, but just had an illness. Um, prayers up to Lexi Brown. I got to show some love yeah, to Lexi. Yeah. I cannot wait sure. to see her back in the court and be healthy. But I'm just saying, like, they dealt with some unexpected things like other teams did, but they dealt with it. And, and Jordan Canada stepped up. She put in her mind that she wanted to be a better player, that she was going to put the naysayers to sleep. And she did that, right? But then I also looked again at Satu and I was like, before her injuries in 2022, she was an all-star in 2021. So it it was no, oh, we knew she was going to be good. She was already good. But that Satu wasn't this Satu. Since Satu out here dropping triple doubles, a 40-point game, like I still say that she's the difference in um, them being one and three against the, the Vegas Aces versus two and two because she missed part of a game, right? She didn't come back after halftime and the first time that they met up and they ended up winning that game by five. So I say all that to say, I picked who I picked. I'm cool with who I picked. And if people got an issue that I picked them, deal with it. <laughs> Listen, Tricia, on thank it. I you love for it. coming I know we're all looking forward um, to these semifinals this weekend so we will have you back so we can talk about it some more we'll be back guys thanks Tarika well guess I'm not going to Seattle and I'm not seeing Beyonce got to the airport to take my flight and they tell me that My chair is apparently four inches too tall to be loaded onto the plane. So they checked every possible flight, every airline, and nothing is available. So after 25 years of waiting, I'm not seeing Beyonce tonight. So ableism strikes again. Well, my heart breaks when Mm -hmm. um, he says ableism strikes again, because I I do think so often we we overlook ableism. I only recently learned like last year of that that term and what it actually means. But in in, in this situation, um, that's John Heatherton, I believe is how I pronounce it. And um, he's a Beyonce fan and was trying to get to the yes. To the Beyonce concert in Dallas and um, an airplane flight. It was, I think it was American Airlines. I, I don't really remember the airline. I'm not sure that it matters. Yeah. But he wasn't able to to go because his wheelchair by four yeah. inches was too Just too four big. Inches. And so didn't meet the size mm-hmm. requirements. And they apparently did try to track down other flights for him, but they couldn't. And so he wasn't going to be able to go. So he posted that video, really disheartened, yeah. really really sad. And for people who may not know, I I know, like, if you're not on social media, people may not know the Beehive. You've probably heard people talk about it, (laughs) but they are real. They are legit. The Beehive got wind of this story, Kelsey, and they got the message to Queen Bee and Auntie Tina. The Beehive went to work (laughs) and our guy, John, he was able to go. He made it. Look at him. You know, we we need more happy endings in life. And I just thought this story just reminded me of the good in humanity. You know, so often we see all the bad that happens in the world. And I'm so happy we're bringing attention to ableism because, you know, it is it is a real thing. And like you said, unfortunately, it, we don't think about it enough. Um, but, you know, everybody, we all love Beyonce. And if you want to go see Beyonce and you paid for your tickets, you deserve to get there. And so I, just, I think this just showed the good power of social media. And when we get together, and then just, he got to meet Auntie Tina, like you said, and Beyonce, look at that smile. So he went from like nearly crying and breaking down. You heard him, he waited 25 years, folks, 25 years. But now he finally got to go see one of the greatest shows on earth. And that was Beyonce. So I love this for him. I guess he gets, I hope he gets to go to the next one Beyonce puts on, uh, Nat, yeah. because he deserves that. Thank you, people. Thank you, Beehive. This, this man's dream was achieved and that there's no greater. Have a great weekend, y'all. Bye, guys so excited to share the cover of my upcoming book, Dear Black Girls. Writing and journaling has always been an outlet for me, a therapeutic way to make sense of my thoughts and my ideas. 
And as I've grown from a girl into a woman, navigating the world and playing the game that I love, it's become increasingly important to me to build community and connect more deeply with black girls and women, not just in South Carolina or Las Vegas, but all over the world. My life has been filled with ups and downs, and I hope that by sharing these experiences and my journey with the world, girls just like me will feel more seen and heard and supported. I'm so grateful for my publisher for helping me make this dream of mine into a reality. Let's go. Let's go for real. I love me some Asia Wilson. Like I am yes. so obsessed with her. <laughs> and of course she has a book coming out. And of course it's entitled Dear Black Girls because like that's just Asia Wilson. And so I love that. I was really thinking <laughs> about this and how I want to talk about this because like I could just give Asia her flowers, which she deserves so many. Um, but I just, you know, Dear Black Girls is just so fitting for Asia because I think she is a black girl's girl, you know? So you always yeah. hear the phrase a girl's girl and she is a girl's girl, but I think she's a black girl's girl. And shout out to Big Low from the committee, right? Cause she tweeted something about this, um, Asia being a black girl's girl. She actually did like a thread on it like a few weeks ago. Um, but she talks about why it was so important to her. And of course there's all different kinds of women. Um, and it really resonated with me. And so when I saw this book, I thought about it. And before I give my thoughts, I want to know from both of you, like here it is, you know, Asia Wilson is a girl's girl. And to take it even further, a black girl's girl yeah. through and through. She has ascended to the top of a professional league as a face being an authentic, real ass black girl. No, we are not a monolith, but she really represents us, right? And this is really important for the conversation we're about to have now because there's something that what I think Lo is hinting at, I don't want to speak for her and say what her words are, but so often as Black women, as Black people, we have to go through life code switching. We cannot be our authentic selves. Um, in the height of George Floyd or the aftermath when that all happened, I remember on LinkedIn, and LinkedIn is not a platform that I use in the way that I use social media, though some people do, like other forms of social media, I should say. But one of the things I did is I wrote a couple of commentaries, not like true pieces, but I, I wrote about some experiences that I had had in corporate America for people who I've worked with in corporate America to see, right? And that's not something I ever shared. But one of the stories that I told was about the fact that at a former company I used to work for, where we did a lot of sales, how my colleagues could never understand why after the day was done, and we are, keep in mind, we're already traveling for business. And we are, uh, uh, you know, after, after you have all these meetings, you're away, then they'd be like, let's go to dinner. Let's go here. Let's do this. And I never wanted to go. And they'd be like, damn, you know, they just thought I was antisocial. They never understood why I didn't want to go. And I explained in that post that I said, when I spend my entire day assimilating to be a part of the majority, when the day is over, when the work meetings are done, there's nothing more that I want to do than go home and leave, be by myself, be with the people where I don't have to switch, where I don't have to assimilate, where I can be my authentic self. Let yeah. me tell you, I had so many coworkers hitting me, contacting me, texting me, apologizing. And it, my, my point wasn't to get apologies, but it's just something that you don't understand if you're not Black. You mm -hmm. don't understand if you're not a Black woman. And so I feel like Asia just represents Black women. You know, she's her authentic self and she represents many of us. Again, we're not a monolith, like Lo said, friend of the show, Big Lo, but um, mm -hmm. it just really resonated with me. So I want to, you know, pitch it to you guys. I know I was long-winded, but I want to know what it means to you for Asia to be writing this book. And if you agree with Lo on her being a Black girl's girl. Yeah, Kelsey, yeah, I'm happy to okay. go ahead. No, go ahead, Kelsey. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I felt like you now when I first saw this book was coming out. You know, I remember, you know, growing up and I and I uh, I used to love reading books. I still do. I just don't have the time as much now. But to see a book that is meant for us, and I don't remember that, you know, growing up. And I just, you know, remember just 
you know, when you're a young black girl and in the community I grew up in, kind of like you, Nav, and then just working in corporate America or just working here in Washington, D.C., um, you know, there's so many times, you know, where you feel like you've had to kind of assimilate, you know, so often. Or, you know, I remember, you know, people, you know, just saying, oh, you're really articulate or, you know, just things like that, obviously, like those microaggressions and obviously that very offensive things that we just have to face, you know, so often, you know, as black women or, you know, questioning your, you know, your hair and, you know, everything else that comes with it. Um, you know, and it takes me back to to the you know Coco Jones quote when she won um, her award. I forgot the award show exactly it was, but when she said her quote, you know, for Black women and what we have to do so much more and how we have to do it better. But for someone you know like Asia, who I think represents so much, you know, many of us played sports, you know, growing up, and obviously she's playing it, you know, at the top level. Like you said, being unapologetically her. And folks, I want people to realize the world was not always like it is right now. Like now we're living in a world I think where we have so many allies as Black women who are telling us it's okay to be yourself. But, you know, often growing up, it wasn't that, you know, don't be too loud, you know, uh, you know, be be humble as much as you can, you know, you know, say thank you as much as you can. And it was nobody really telling you to just be you and be yourself. And so I think her to write this book, I think it's going to mean so much to so many of us to be able to read it and to know that we live in a world where we have allies and other black women um, that are much like us. I'm just so excited. And I'm glad this is a whole nother side that we get to see of Asia Wilson and her story um, and her journey. And I, don't, I hope she knows what this is gonna do for so many, not just, not even just young girls, but probably women who even came before us ladies, you know, that never had those allies are people to tell them, be you, shine, you know, this black girl magic phase that we're living in, I think is so special. So I love this for her. I love this for us. And I love the be true to you. And I think that's something we need to tell our young woman. Be true to yourself. Don't feel like you ever have to change to the world. I think all three of us right now on camera are true to that. Like we've been ourselves and have all been able to matriculate um, in a world where maybe people didn't always want us to be ourselves and matriculate, maybe wanting us to be other people. So all in all, you know, Asia, I just want to say thank you to you for writing this. I'm going to get it February when it comes out in 2024. I'm get my book or I know you can pre-order now. Um, but just so excited for this and just so excited for what it's going to represent. I think, you know, uh, for so many, for so many of us. And I'm talking specifically about Black women. So thank you for being a Black girl's girl. Thank you for being the highest level of Black girl magic. And thank you for exuberating uh, Black excellence. Wow, for you sure. guys have really summed up like so much of um, the same feelings that I have regarding this. I mean, Asia is absolutely a Black girl's girl, but it is such a nuanced conversation to have because... There are so many different elements. I mean, I'm not that young. I ain't that old either, but I ain't that young. <laughs> and I remember even in this business as um, being in sports media, we did not always have the ability and opportunity to be our authentic selves. There was a time, not even that far ago, because if we're keeping it a buck, I want to say it was 2020 George Floyd era when um, people really started to recognize that we really existed. Um, I didn't hear about DEI before then. Now, if there were DEI, if there were people who worked in diversity, equity, and inclusion before then, it furthers my point that I didn't know you existed. In my place of business, I didn't know you existed in those in that way because people didn't care about including us. They didn't care about what our feelings were. They didn't care about how we were able to, you know, matriculate through our companies, whether that's corporate America, whether that's even in small businesses. It didn't matter. Like we didn't always feel like we mattered. And now we're at a place. Um, I was just saying earlier how I remember when there were moments where I wouldn't have been comfortable coming on national television in my braids. I wouldn't have been comfortable comfortable wearing a nose ring like those type of things were not things that were accepted so even now being able to be our authentic selves it's just something that's really being accepted because it wasn't it wasn't something highly favored even five years ago let alone 10 years ago so it is so wonderful for young women now to come up and see women like asia wilson who don't have to fabricate a story for for TV, who don't have to pretend to be something that they're not, who don't have to code switch to be successful, because a lot of us have been code switching for a very long time, not even realizing that we're doing it just as a survival mode, just as a defense mechanism, because we knew that we needed to do this in order to be able to carefully and meticulously go through life without, you know, without the stereotypes that come along with being a black woman, about being aggressive, about being loud, about being a diva and all this other stuff. 
Um, so I love that Asia has been able to find success in her personal life. She's a business owner. She's, you know, mm-hmm. an obvious superstar in the WNBA. But I love that she's been able to represent the, pro- the, the state of South Carolina and just have been able to put, you know, all of this on her back, really, and have been able to do so so gracefully, despite the things that people may have said about her, despite, you know, the people that don't speak her name when they should speak her name. She's still been able to maintain who she actually is. And I don't always mean who you are as an individual or a person, because I think the thing about it is a lot of us have maintained who we are as people. We haven't switched who we are as is in terms of what our values are or in terms of, you know, what our priorities are, but we've often have to switch how we look. We've often have to switch how we speak. We've often have to switch how we dress. Like we, those are the things that, you know, we've had to switch in order to fit in per se and and having someone like asia who's saying you don't have to switch your appearance you don't have to switch you know how you are presented to the world we talk about this in the WNBA a lot when it comes to you know gay women um women who are in a part of the lgbtq community and their marketability out here they have to switch who they are or people want them to switch who they are and how they present themselves in order to be considered marketable and profitable and it's Books like Asia's that continue to share. No, you don't. So I love this. Yeah. I have pre-ordered mine. I cannot wait to read it. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. I am on board. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank. Thank you both of you because this conversation I felt was like really important to have, and I'm glad that we got to. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.